What's up, everyone? This episode of the podcast is a collaborative educational series between myself, Arizona Normal, and Nick Gassman with CanaEd. This inaugural episode is going to cover such topics such as dosing, the entourage effect, as well as methods of ingestion. Please stay tuned. Do me a favor. If you're getting anything positive out of this, like, comment, and subscribe, and I hope we all learn something together. Cheers. What's going on, everybody? This hey. is AJ with the Blue to Green Podcast, and sitting down here today with me is a Mr. Nick Gassman. Hello. So I do have a business, uh, Growth and Success Solutions. So very nice. Yeah. And you do video, create content. Right. Yeah, for content creation. Yeah. And now you are assisting Arizona Normal as far as yeah, education. Partnering with them, essentially. Yeah, I've been doing cannabis education for now about two or three years. Awesome. Um, and. Most recently, since moving back from Washington to Arizona, just wanted to partner with um, an organization who has that credibility on the political side, on the social side in the state. And I felt that Arizona Normal would be um, just a great partnership because of the people, the people who run it. Uh, I feel like they have a good direction. They understand the importance of education, not just uh, for our state, but for multiple states who are going to be entering uh, into the cannabis world. So, yeah, I just wanted to partner with them. And it's been great so far. Nice. We, we started Canna Ed now, 10 episodes in. So very cool. It's going to keep going from here. And also with us is Jade Nichols, who is a director of public relations. But honestly, I like to do a lot of different things, help out where I can. I think we're all volunteers and that's a beautiful thing about with Arizona, Arizona Normal. Normal. Yeah. So, yeah. So and I'm the secretary for Arizona Normal. And so what we were doing here is, as Nick explained, he's doing um, Canna education for for the beginners, for people who don't know that and and what the premise of this podcast is going to be is a long form content taking the short form stuff that you've done over the last few months or whatever it is. Correct. And we're going to turn that into a bit more longer of content. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're, um, we're going to have links to descriptions to videos so that you can learn more in depth about the endocannabinoid system or the, the entourage effect instead of these other topics that we're going to cover. So, and part of that, the really cool thing that like, so Janae and I being with the organization that we're with, we love and this was an awesome awesome brainchild of i don't know who did it i've been stepped back for a while so but i don't know who came up with it to, to introduce you to the mix mm. to create these awesome well-spoken thought-out educational videos to help educate the, com the community out there who don't know about cannabis right who don't understand or know about all the different things and the benefits that it has so, and that's where we brought you into it. Right, exactly. And uh, yeah, I reached out to John actually, because okay. I've known John for a little bit. I saw him at events when I used to work for Item 9. When I okay. worked for the Mint, I also uh, used to uh, go to events and I you know, ran into him a few times and I reached out to him and asked him about you know creating something that would be beneficial for the audience that we're trying to look for, which are people who just want to know a little bit more about cannabis and how that can affect uh, their daily or, or overall experience. And yeah, you know, he was, he was on board with it. He talked to the board and we connected um, and yeah, we're able to, to produce uh, what will you know soon be more episodes yeah. of, of this educational series. So very cool. Yeah. And here we are mm. yeah. and we'll bring Janae into it and talk about, the community partnerships and how the outreach and how that how that all went down yeah it was beautiful i mean like you said he met john and a domino fell and to how can we just get this out on social and start to educate the general public which i think is super super important um i was really drawn to normal's idea of advocacy in the community and consumers i think that's what we really need in this 
industry is education at the baseline level to understand when you walk into a dispensary, what is THC? How does it interact with your brain? How does the chemicals work? And that baseline information, I think, opens a lot of doors to people's guarded off ideas of the plant itself. Um, so I think that's what we've really built here. And as the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, it's a mouthful, but that's really what we're doing. And it's related to education, which will soon turn to education on bills, lobbying, how to get involved. But I think starting from the foundation is super important. So that's really where we're heading. That's one of the things, and I'm not going to take up too much time doing this, but that's been the most fun part for me is the is the advocacy part of the getting out there and mm -hmm. trying to get people mobilized. That's been the most difficult part. <laughs> the most difficult part is to explain to the cannabis community that, hey, look, man, you like you your you like your cannabis, you like your medicine, but guess what? Every year, tens of people in the state of Arizona, tens of thousands, or I wouldn't say thousands, but hundreds, hundreds of people yeah. are mm. trying to take that away from us. They're trying to strip away our rights to have cannabis, plant-based medicine, and to get out there and say the only, the thing that matters the most are numbers, are the number of people to get out and advocate and say, hey, look, leave the people alone. Yeah, you know. It's it's that's been the most difficult part is because everybody just gets very comfortable sitting in their homes and enjoying it and not <laughs> understanding the, the the backside that is Arizona normal mm -hmm. and that is the advocacy and that is the the community outreach. So this is why community partnerships like this are amazing and awesome to get every and to explain how we need to get we need to get mobilized. Right. Absolutely. And and it's always going to be a fight even after things are, you know, uh, legalized to some extent. Like you said, there are people who are, you know, still uh, essentially trying to take away what we have built. And yes. yeah, we want to be able to educate people so that they're aware and how they can be involved and how they can put their footprint, you know, into something that we all want, essentially. So, yeah, I agree. And I think a lot of it has to do with education. Yep. Mm -hmm. Not understanding. Yep. Having that stigma, not understanding the benefits of it. I would love to sit down one day with a hard line um, a prohibitionist and just be mm -hmm. like, look, man, I've been there, done that. You know, we've yeah. tried this route and it didn't work. So, and I would love to have that conversation with someone. So, but on the educational part of it, that's what we're doing here is breaking down the further thing. So for this, for this episode, we're going to keep it right around an hour and we are going to, we're going to start breaking down the, um, the first of five of all of the different things that we've covered in Canada. So if you want to, if we can just dive into whatever the, our first topic is going to be. Um, yeah. So the first topic that I think essentially needs to be explained to everyone is the endocannabinoid system, just because uh, that's where it starts. You know, uh, every animal, every person has an endocannabinoid system. Every, every person innately has the ability to receive uh, benefits from cannabinoids. And, of course, in the beginning, I know that could be difficult to understand because, you know, what is an endocannabinoid? Right. What is the system? Uh, it very much is similar to what you think of when you think of like a nervous system. It's just something that is part of your body that allows you to receive and react to whatever substance that is. And so, uh, yeah, talking about the endocannabinoid system, uh, we want to be clear that everyone understands Every time that you use cannabis, any time that you interact with cannabis in any substance, any form, any consistency, you are bound to have a reaction. Exactly. Um, you're bound to have reactions. So even if it's just a small amount, even if it's a large amount, you are you are bound to have reaction because this system um, is in place and it's, and it's obviously something that uh, cannot change. And so 
that's why dosing is so important. Right. I think that's why in Canada education, in Canada ed, um, we've we've tried so hard to explain why dosing is important because we want people to be comfortable in their first experience. I think that's for any person who doesn't know about cannabis or wants to explore it. Like, is this something that's going to be uncomfortable for me? Is this something that's going to make me feel like I don't not not feel good, essentially? Right. Like, and so we want to make sure that any person that that encounters cannabis that wants to uh, try this for the first time, you know, is going to have a good experience. And yeah, we start with the endocannabinoid system by understanding that. So that's it's very well spoken. It's very much the mission mm-hmm. that we're trying to reach is we we talked off air that if people want to get stoned on the weekends, go for it. <laughs> we are not against that. Yeah. By all means, yeah. do that. Do it responsibly. Be smart. You know, just don't overdo it. Don't get in a car and drive. But we're really trying to touch those who are just ignorant in the subject because they just mm-hmm. don't know. Now, maybe not right. of their own fault or they've, they drank the Kool-Aid for 35 years <laughs> yeah, or whatever the yeah, case may right. be. But um, it's and, you know, we want to reach those people that want the education. And as I'm, I'm a medicinal patient, OK, mm. I use it for medicinal purposes. I want to make sure that it's clean medicine and what it's doing to my body and mm-hmm. understand like and just like you said, no matter what what you ingest, you will have a reaction. Yep. And part of the reaction is the good feeling. Exactly. You in a better yeah. mood. Yeah. So when you're dealing with chronic pain, when you're dealing with nausea, when you're dealing with life and all that good stuff, it just puts you in a better mood, yeah. which is one of the reactions and one of the way, things that's way better than any opioid, I could say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just from like a, a personal story, like I think when I, my, when I think about my first experience with cannabis, I was 16, you know. Okay. Um, of course, it was recreation at the time i was with my friends just trying to experience something new that they told me was really cool and you know something i I thought would be safe uh because i wasn't a person who ever was attracted to drugs or even when i was in high school like i was very aware like that's not something you know i want to experience but for some reason weed felt a little bit different to me and i'm just not sure why so so experiencing that uh that first smoking experience and then moving into a couple months in and realizing that you know when i'm feeling nauseous that i'm smoking a little bit yeah. and it's starting to help that it's starting to to change the way i'm feeling and that was the first spark to me that allowed me to understand well hey like there's more to this than just getting high on a weekend right, and have right. and so i started to you know read about it but of course that was you know 2010 and i was under 18 it wasn't something i could talk to anyone about really i it was kind of something i had to put in the back of my mind and you grew up in arizona correct? i did correct yeah so yeah for the most part back then did you was your first time using in arizona it was correct yeah so we're talking back then everything was felony yeah it was yeah 2010 was was when arizona like first started like their medical but yes. i was i was 16 I yeah mean, that was so like in its infancy it, yes. it didn't even, almost didn't exist but yeah you're 100 percent right that would have been you know a, a, a felony that would have been you know a jail time or something on my record for yeah. sure um but yeah that was that was kind of my intro to to understanding that cannabis could do more than just get people high and not having any outlet or any resource to find like accurate ec- right. education about that was, you know, hard for me then and translates, I feel like, into what I'm, I, I do now just because, you know, understanding even now with, with medical, even with, you know, recreational legalization, dispensaries on every corner doesn't necessarily mean that the education is, is transparent, that it's accurate. And we want to try to create a resource for people to find that accuracy. Amen. Yeah. Like seriously, yeah. amen. That's mm-hmm. exactly it. It's trying to navigate through the sea of 
whatever MSO is trying to push their information. Right. So yeah, well, um, I don't want to get too controversial. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to bring people in. Yeah. Sorry, this is not yeah. a normal podcast of mine. Oh, no, sorry, of course. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and so getting into that that first topic, I think what we really want people to understand is that uh, when we talk about cannabis helping certain things like you know pain, anxiety, nausea. Uh, uh, certain diseases it can help alleviate, right? Like when we when we talk about that, we don't say it to make you think that it's just something that we want you to just try. You right. know, like we don't want to feel we don't want you to feel like we're selling you um, on cannabis. We're not like every other right. retail entity or business that's <laughs> selling you, you know, on uh, cannabis. We're just we're just doing this to tell you that this is something that can benefit you, and so that's why we want to try to provide like data and. Um, you know, studies and things that show you that, you know, with their research, with their facts, these are these are some of the ways that cannabis has helped. And so when I was talking earlier about the endocannabinoid system, there was uh, a study that I looked at here. And this study was talking about. Oh, you're good. I'm sorry. You're good. <laughs> cool. And this study was talking about uh, how cannabis and cannabinoid receptors help alleviate certain uh, types of pain that you can mm -hmm. have. And so this is just an excerpt from that study, but it talks about uh, regulation of receptors is also observed in the spinal cord. It was a, a study that was uh, talking about how receptors in the spinal cord could help with uh, nerve injury pain, mm. essentially. So just essentially helping with alleviating um, any type of pain that a person can receive from nerve damage. Mm. Um, it says these highlights important highlight the importance of the endocannabinoid system as a potential therapeutic target for treatment of both spinal cord injury and neuropathic pain. Neuropathic pain, um, and so understanding that there are ways that cannabis can interact with your body and quite literally help with certain ailments, certain things that uh, you can experience. I think is what we want people to try to receive and understand despite the thoughts and despite the propaganda and despite the negatives. Uh, I think that's our hardest battle is, is, is fighting through the negatives to breach a light where all the positive can be seen and received appropriately. And, um, and I think yeah. it's important to understand the, the potential, I'm mm. on the potential negative side effects. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There are times in which of it course. has been proven that, I mean, I'm not I'm not a denier in any way, shape, or form that I do think there are people that should not touch it. There are people right. who do have psychosis. There are right. people who do snap. There are yep. people like this stuff does happen, and I'm not a denier or I'm not one of the a downplayer. Like it happens, mm. but they also let's take a look at how much were they ingesting. They probably were, you know, doing a hundred hundred percent THC crystals on a day, daily basis yeah, right. and stuff yeah. like that, and just you know. And that's why dosing is so important. Yes. I think it goes back to the education. Mm. Is just like if you're jumping in head first, like taking a hundred milligram, you've never yeah. seen like edible or something that's going to affect mm -hmm. you in ways that and yeah could cause some trauma or looking back where you like where do you want to go and just going to dosing and the education because mm -hmm. like those resources need to be out there absolutely right that's and that's a difficult part though about especially about edibles like when you're <laughs> when you eat the whole cookie and you're only supposed to take one yeah right <laughs> looking at somebody right now <laughs> 10 milligrams as opposed to 100 milligrams <laughs> anyways but yeah but it there it does have negative side effects mm. but to what medication doesn't have a negative right. side effect in the world. There are none. And I'll take cannabis that will make you go night-night for a little bit over something that could potentially kill you from overdosing. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly, especially when you when you talk about edibles. I mean, one of the main videos I did was about overconsumption, and one of the things I talked about was that uh, when you experience overconsumption, that uh, the first thing that you should remember is that it is temporary. Like you said, the this, the <laughs> negative side effects are only temporary yes. versus where some other medications or prescriptions could give you long term or like even you know some severe or, or fatal side effects you yeah. know and so you want to be aware of that but yeah of course uh, edibles are the first way that I think a lot of people assume that it's uh, a way they want to try cannabis yes. like I think for any uh like individual who doesn't use cannabis on a regular they feel like edibles are great and and I think for some people just on a health uh like on a health perspective, the idea of smoking, they don't gotcha. want, they don't want to encounter mm -hmm. that. They don't want to encounter the, it's no different than cigarettes or, you know, vaping. It, they just don't like the idea of right. smoke going into their lungs. So there are religious right. implications too. Of course. Yeah. There are, yeah. there are religions yeah. that will allow the yeah. use of medicinal cannabis. I mean, we live in Arizona, Arizona has a hev heavy, uh, uh, Latter-day Saints. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and they are, and I've read their, their book. They're allowed to ingest medicinal cannabis for medicinal purposes, but they cannot smoke or vape. So they can do tinctures, they can do oils, they can do right. edibles and all that stuff. So yeah, for, for all the Mormons yeah. out there that yeah. are listening, yeah, <laughs> you, you, you can. Yeah. You can. That's good to know. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, I'll be honest, I didn't know that. But that, Neither. I mean, I guess it makes a lot of sense uh, for just people in general who don't want the, right. the unhealthy feeling of putting any type of smoke or whatever it is in their body. So what do they do? Normally you you turn to edibles, which what we talked about is, is – uh, a dangerous slope to go down uh, for for <laughs> any person. Yes, for slow. any person who has has taken too much of an edible, they will definitely understand. It's it's a dangerous slope, and it's a, a slow burn up until that peak. And it and at that point, yeah, it doesn't feel good. It, doesn't, it does not. No, it's nothing that you enjoy about it. Like and and that's uh, what we don't want. That's right. we we want people to to stay away from that path. We're know? laughing our asses off because we've all been there, we've done that, seen and tried it. Yeah, and we we've we've ridden that. That purple dragon across our, you know, living room. It's terrible though. Um, like it's mm -hmm. anxiety filled, mm -hmm. and I personally get nauseated and oh, sick. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's it's yeah. a terrible thing. So we're laughing because we understand at the end of the night you're not going to die. Right. Okay. Joe yeah. Rogan said it best. You're not going to die. <laughs> you might think you're going to die, but you're not going to die. You're going to be fine, mm -hmm. but it is an absolutely right. horrific experience, especially if it's your first oh, yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no introduction oh, to medication. That's a that's a, in, a door in and a door out yep. to me. Like I feel like if, if a lot of people have uh, negative experiences or things that they say about cannabis, it may have resulted in being you know uh, a case of overconsumption right off the bat in no. the first experience. You know, you take an edible for your very first time using cannabis ever, and it makes you freak out completely. I would understand why that may not be something that you right. assume is good for you and so yeah we want to try to prevent that as much as possible for yeah. anyone who is you know looking to make that journey into the cannabis what would you recommend somebody's first edible dosage be that's always hard to say because it's based off 11 hydroxy thc 11 hydroxy thc is processed in in your liver and, and the amount in which you process is what determines like the intensity of your effects so it's hard to really say like what the proper dosage is but i do tell people to gauge their effects i think that's the biggest one is don't think that it's not working right um don't think that just because you took you know five milligrams and i don't feel anything that i should just take another one in the next hour <laughs> like it's that's where everyone goes you know wrong and so i think just gauging your effects accurately you know after a, a few hours three to four hours you know maybe and then seeing 
where that where that takes you is is the best solution but that's all i could really say as far as like proper dosing i would say is just take it slow um i would say yeah. no more than five milligrams oh, of course. yeah get yeah, right i mean no more yeah. than five yeah and i feel like most people the general recommendation is that like yeah. take those mints that are like two and a half milligrams and try that out for size right. before you go any further and just understand it if that, you know, takes you somewhere that, again, the feeling is just temporary. So And a method is like um, notating what you've taken, what yeah. are the effects. So I think mm. you can like if you're a first time user and a smoker and you want to a person who's ingesting cannabis journal, put it on your notes app. Yeah. What did you take? How are the effects? Really just like understand your body. I think that's really good about being intentional with mm. how it's going to interact with you. And I think that's super important in the education yeah. aspect of how is it going to interact and kind of easing that fear a little bit. Yeah. And that gap is huge. I think one of the things that annoys me the most is that because of all of the roadblocks to um, test and because of all the roadblocks, because it's still schedule one, because we can't get the data to say, this component helps with headaches. I, I, I do not like the naming of cannabis <laughs> when I walk into a dispensary. Mm. I'm a 42-year-old man. I don't want to buy Alaskan Thunderfuck. Right. I don't want to <laughs> buy cat piss. You know what I mean? I want to buy bad back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Sore, achy muscles. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we know that these cannabinoids in this, this plant are associated with alleviating muscle tension or whatever the case is. Yeah. So, and again, I don't care if you want to get stoned and off of whatever, that's Dude, fine. Right. 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 But again, I'm for intentional medicinal purposes. Yeah. I don't like to be medicated on a, a, an opioid just to be medicated on an opioid. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 I don't, I don't want to be no. medicated on weed just to be medicated on weed. I want to be medicated for intention and purpose. Exactly. Yeah. So that's just one of those things that annoys me as a, as a grumpy old man. <laughs> right. I like wish it was a little more scientific or a little more. Right. They're like yeah. writing on the back is like mm. the terpenes are tiny. It's right. like, oh, it's the design, the logo. Like, yeah, we could go into that. But like, that's where the terpene profile yeah. and like the THC percentage mm. becomes a huge component of understanding. Like, how is this going to affect you? I think we had an episode of terpenes yeah, on I did, yeah. how we how that was working and yeah. what that can interact with. Yeah, yeah, I did a, a quick video on terpenes, and a lot of the videos you'll see on Canna Ed are, are pretty quick, um, just because mm -hmm. I feel like in our digital age, right, like yeah. we don't have that attention span to really dive in all the time. So we want to just hit you with short and sweet information that you'll retain and be able to, you know, comprehend and understand, and, and possibly useful later in your next experience. Yeah. You know, um, so that's kind of the idea. But but yes, essentially, like terpenes uh, are what allow you to have the acute effects that you want mm -hmm. you know thc mm -hmm. is what's going to get you high is what's going to get you the psychoactive effects but the inclusion of terpenes is what allows you to feel sleepy what to, to feel more energetic to feel more focused to feel more creative these are the type of effects you can have i mean they also help uh with the cannabinoid inclusion with with pain and, and, and other, you know, ailments, that's like, for example, uh, humulene, uh, okay. humulene hops is, is a, a, a big, uh, terpene that helps with alleviation of pain. And so like, that's the entourage effect. That's something that almost very few dispensaries would, would even mention or tell you, <laughs> right. they're more right. or less just going to tell you about the TAC percentage. Right. They're not going to tell you about the entourage effect and how terpenes and the cannabinoid percentage work. Like, I don't think we've gotten there just yet, Agreed. but that's what I, I feel like 
since I've been in the industry and now, you know, exit out, I don't have a, a cannabis job right now. I'm, I'm working for myself, creating this cannabis education. You're not getting paid to do this. No, correct. 100%. But this is a job and it's yeah, right. important and it's community yeah. education yeah. and working for a nonprofit. This is, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, we don't, I, don't, I don't get paid a goddamn <laughs> right. penny. Right. So I've been several years and I love it. I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> but, uh, but this is a job Yeah. and this is, I think it's part of being a responsible consumer advocate. A hundred percent. And I, and I agree with you. I think it's a responsibility. And for me personally, it's a passion. I've always been passionate about educating people and helping people since I've been in the medical cannabis industry before, you know, things went recreational. That was the fulfillment that I got from it was seeing people have uh, these positive benefits and, and their quality of life improving from yeah. something that I gave them and, you know, them coming back with their testimonies and their stories about how this helped them and me understanding that, also allowed me to understand that there's a gap between people who sell cannabis and people who know about cannabis. And so I felt like it was a duty for me to be able to close that gap in any way that I could. And I think I'm just still continuing on that journey. Right. That's awesome. And so, yeah, like exactly why I feel like creating something like Canna Ed will help us help, help the audience essentially understand, you know, where, what they want and how to get, to this place if that's where they want to go, yeah. you know, um, how to get from their house to the dispensary can be hard sometimes, you know, and like you said earlier, it, it could be overwhelming. It could be difficult um, if people are not taking the time to give you the correct information. Right. They just want to throw percentages. They want to throw names, strains, <laughs> right? They want to throw this is a 98 percent. And, you know, th those types of things, they don't necessarily help like a first time user. They just overwhelms them, jumps yeah. their brain, and then, you know, they start getting things that are not helping them. And so, yeah, we want to we wanna be able to clear a little bit of that up, you know. And, and we're coming with receipts with this as well. We've got studies that we're going to put yeah. links to in the video Correct. and all that yep. and show and all, Absolutely. And all that yeah. so that we can help further people's understanding of what the endocannabinoid system mm -hmm. is, what the entourage effect is. And if you could, you, we threw that word around. So what exactly is the entourage effect? So the entourage effect, because it's hard to – for people to have been recognized, it's it's labeled a theory, but to me, I, I believe it's very much a fact. Uh, but it's the idea that terpenes, cannabinoids work together to create the effects that a person may have. Okay. And so uh, when you think about the entourage effect, that includes not just THC, but it includes all the cannabinoids that uh, are present in a, a cannabis. So it could be uh, THC, TH, or THCV, um, THCA, CBN, CBG, uh, CBD. Yeah, CBD, of course, obviously. And like all of those cannabinoids paired with terpenes like humulene, limonene, um, pinene, beta carrier or, or caryophyllene, um, eucalyptol, linalool. These are all terpenes that that create different combinations of effects. And it's important for us to highlight that because these are the type of things that I think would serve much more benefit being on the back of a label than just, Agreed. you know, a large THC percentage Agreed. or a large, you know, CBD percentage. Like, don't get me wrong, CBD is great, but yes. but the others have yet to be highlighted and, and really studied like that. And, and, and especially like, you know, put in the forefront of like retail cannabis, like very, very seldom now, you know, I've seen some CBN tinctures and a couple like CBN, yeah. CBG uh, gummies, CBG, some like yeah. one to one to one. So there, there is some small, uh, like small, like exposure, but it's not enough. I think, I think we need to do a better job of, you know, explaining that, that other cannabinoids, other terpenes are involved. And yeah, that's essentially the entourage effect. It's just understanding how 
both of those work to create whatever effect it is that that you're having, but also want. Right. Like that's I think that's essential. It's, it's what you want, and so yeah. And those and those different cannabinoids yeah. and those different um, um, uh, terpenes and all that. Mm-hmm. Just like every plant on the planet Correct. expresses different. All different ones. Yeah. And it's not just all cannabis. It's this plant will have more right. of this. This plant will have more of that. And that's that's how you get the different effects and the different combinations. Yep, yep. 100%. I mean, the video that we created about terpenes, it highlights that I use uh, limes for citrus. I okay. use uh, mangoes for myrcene. I use a sage, I believe, for uh, caryophyllene because it's more peppery. It has more of like a herby, uh, like profile gotcha. essentially and so yeah understanding that it's not just in cannabis but these are also terpenes that come from many other plants right. and herbs that exist on the world so yeah it's just it's just intertwining that that reality like, and i think people should understand that like the pining yeah. smells like pine yes it smells correct. like pine needles right. like and right. it's like the same thing in the pine tree in my mm-hmm. backyard it's mm-hmm. the it's in the cannabis plant yep so right. it's just different expressions of the different oils and the different things and all that good right stuff. and that doesn't mean go out and like eat a pine yeah don't do or, that don't do that yeah yeah <laughs> don't like eat a pine thinking that's gonna work it's it's again that's why we have to have both right right you right. can't just use terpenes without cannabinoids you have to have cannabinoids terpenes together together that's what creates those effects gotcha yeah no yeah don't don't go look at a pine tree <laughs> yeah right. it's not a pleasant experience right. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's a uh, it's an interesting thing now seeing it, uh, and you know, I feel like we're gonna start breaking out uh, not just more of the cannabis side, but how to like really interact as a customer in a retail facility because okay. that's that's something that I think does also need to be mentioned as well is that sometimes customers don't understand or or patients essentially in, in certain places. I know a lot of places don't you know have recreational cannabis just yet so patients and then customers for their places that are legal uh the etiquette that's involved with coming into a dispensary and excuse me um knowing what you want or or having an idea of what you're you're looking to receive and how to relay that properly to the person that's helping you yeah. so that there's a a, a, a a fluid two-way communication i th- yeah. I, th- I think it is something that is important because a lot of times where I think customers get bad purchases or customers get things that don't necessarily help them or, or just essentially isn't what they want, it's just because there's not a good communication between the person selling the item and the person buying the item. Um, and we know like a buyer-seller relationship is important to you know, kind of get the product across. And so, yeah, I want to do just a couple uh, videos uh, within this series that just highlight ways that you can help your bud tender help you if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, because I was a butt tender for two years. Okay. I think it was, it was hard for me in the very beginning to understand like what a customer really wanted, but it might have also been because they didn't really know what they wanted, you <laughs> right. know? So it was a little bit of both, but I felt like when I was able to gather my knowledge for myself and get more of the education that I needed, it was easier for me to understand how I could help that person. And our communication became better. And I noticed that customers kept getting better products because they would come back and tell me, you know, that's awesome. what they got and how that helped them and, and how they're going to, you know, wait for me going forward because I'm giving them the right okay. advice and the right information. And I, yeah, I think it's, I think it's huge being able to close that gap and, you know, create a, a fluid level of, of communication between that customer or that patient who wants something that's going to help them and the person who's, you know, behind the counter. So I can speak from personal experience that my, 
said I used a little bit, smoked a little bit in uh, junior high and all that good mm-hmm. stuff. But as an adult, when I was moving into the into the world of using it for back pain, mm-hmm. again, I had went from law enforcement and not using it right. to now I have serious back pain mm-hmm. and I want to start using this. And I do remember that not having any understanding of what the entourage effect was. And I was using pens. I was just using the oil pens mm-hmm. a lot. I personally don't like those. Right. I, I've never found one that I truly like, except for just a couple. And I don't want to do brands or anything. That's, right. not, that's right. not the point of, of this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. The, but the the better ones of the live hash rosin seem to be a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But then when I started and I switched over to flour, so like now I only use flour, mm-hmm. it feels like a more complete, medical med, or medical journey yeah mm-hmm. it feels like yep. a more complete medication and until you experience this it sounds woo woo and <laughs> yeah, it sounds right. like this is stupid what yeah. is this guy this guy's yeah. high now of course so right. we may or may not have fulfilled our endocannabinoid system before filming mm-hmm. so but <laughs> um but um it felt like a more complete yeah. thing. Yeah. Like I got a longer yeah. lasting high. I got a longer lasting back relief. I got longer mm-hmm. lasting, just a better overall feeling. No. And have and again, before understanding what the entourage effect was, I had no idea. You what had no idea. Was. None. But it was subconsciously something helping you out. Yes. Because, yeah, yeah. It's just, like you said, the knowledge and the education wasn't there behind it. But behind the scenes, you were getting the the desired effects from yes yeah the inclusion of terpenes and cannabinoids and that that and i know like stigmas have a lot to do with this right because yes. vapes i feel like are more popular and more uh prevalent no different than nicotine vapes for what the smell right right we don't want to walk around smelling like weed we don't want to walk around smelling like cigarettes we don't want that that look and that effect right. and that that uh pressure that you know that that little bit of scrutiny you get for using something and someone's smelling you you know right. you, the judgment essentially we don't want Still, that right yes. so uh we use vapes and the most common the most cheap vape you'll find is like a distillate cart yeah. on the market distillate carts are high thc uh substances but don't have a lot of inclusion of terpenes that's right. not something that you'll find naturally of course there's live resin that does have that inclusion of terpenes, but most of your standard distillate carts don't have that. So people find themselves slurping distillate carts pretty much daily yes. um, because they feel like they're not getting the desired effect. Um, and it's, it is not the the potency of the, the product itself. It's the fact that there's nothing behind it, nothing behind it that is giving uh, the catalyst to producing whatever effect it is that you want, but also prolonging it. And like you said, flour... Because there is no way to change that. That's the most basic form. That's the fundamental form of cannabis. It is going to give you everything, you know. And I think it's just difficult because some people don't want to move towards that. Right. You know, they want to stick to, I don't get the smell. I don't have the smell. I don't have the look. I don't have that. I don't look like a pothead. I don't have that feeling. And that's what I mean by it being just a bit deeper. It's not just a... It's it's really like kind of based behind like the stigmas that cannabis has had for its existence essentially. So and yeah, I, yeah, I'm totally guilty. That, yeah, it, when you see when I smelled someone in the when I in the past, I'm not saying that right, of course, right. Uh, that smelled like weed, instant judgment. This and now I'm like, where's, where's my people? <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, it's a, it's a different yeah. type, type of look. But yes, and and understanding it. But yeah, there is. I don't want to walk. I don't. I don't want to yeah. smell like smoke. Right. I don't want to walk into anywhere and be like you know because. I'm a former smoker, like right. nicotine smoker, and I cannot stand the smell of cigarette smoke anymore. To me, it's a, sense, yeah. to me it's offensive, 
And I don't want to offend people. Right. Like, I don't want to, you know, yeah. piss people off just by my presence because I smell like something. Look, listen to that key word you said right there, offensive. Yeah. You know, you, you something that you figured that you used for whatever it oh, was yeah. That, yeah. that you did. Mind you, no one has any, any uh, like, pr uh, prominence or control over your life right but the idea of you thinking that something that you used to you know, benefit you or not uh its presence alone can be yes. offensive is what i think a lot of people don't want either they, right. they are under the same notion that if i have the smell that it's offensive yeah um, and so yeah they move to other other consumption options like edibles or or vapes because they just try to avoid that altogether you know and I'm learning a lot, even just from you, what you were talking. I wasn't even thinking about the, the the lack of other things behind prolonging the effects that you want. Right. I mean, if it's just THC distillate, that's, and again, people don't understand, like, distilled, it's distillate. <laughs> yeah. when, when you distill alcohol, you're removing everything except the alcohol. Exactly. You're keeping correct. only the alcohol. So if you drink straight alcohol, you can. It's, uh, what is it called? Um, like Everclear. Thank you, Everclear, yeah. which is almost straight alcohol. Yeah. It tastes like crap. It's horrible. You're going to get drunk off of a tiny little bit, but that's all you're going to get. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get any of the social, like, enjoyable stuff right. out of it at all. Whereas, you know, THC distillate, that's exactly it. You're getting pure THC. Mm -hmm. That's all you're getting. And then they have to add stuff to it to make it f taste a certain <laughs> exactly. way. Exactly, yeah. Instead yeah. of just leaving the plant as a whole but again right. i'm i'm biased towards flower yeah like instead of just leaving the plant as a whole and then you're getting all of the components of course yeah so. i mean and most of which what they add is botanical and it's not like yeah. it's not it's like fruits yeah, flavors it's like, right. cucumbers. it's not natural terpenes yeah <laughs> and those are uh, unfortunately where they get a lot of people because it just gives off the same kind of like parallelism as like a, a nicotine vape just fruity it's flavorful it's this and that and I mean, of course, we see so many people now like with with nicotine vapes because the idea of smoking cigarettes was that it didn't taste good. Right. So now that it, now it, it tastes it like bubblegum, now it tastes good. It's something that I can <laughs> do. And you hear people, I mean, even just from my experience as a bud tender all the time would come in and ask me for vape pens. But they were like, can you, I get one that doesn't taste like weed? If you're a bud tender, I know you've heard that before. <laughs> I want a, a vape pen that doesn't taste like weed. And that idea is because you you want the effects, but you don't want the flavor. Right. And you see the same parallelisms. But just the unfortunate reality is, is that from both this, both of those flavors that you're getting is is also not good for you either. It's a chemical. Yeah. It's yeah, a synthetic chemical. Exactly. A hundred percent. As much as the lack of terpenes is not good for you, that flavor is also not as good for you. So, yeah. And I personally like the flavor of a good tasty live hash rosin or oh, yeah. something right that i exactly. like yeah i enjoy so the flavor mm -hmm. of a good grassy weedy piney right. type yeah. weed like yeah. i want yeah. my weed to taste like weed you you should <laughs> yeah. i think i think you should um like just and that's for any any stuff like it just should because the inclusion of of things that aren't natural are just right. not going to be beneficial for it's you. not going to be beneficial no. and, I, and i just like the flavor yeah right you know and, and i think you it's an acquired taste like anything right? Agreed. like, like mm -hmm. Like you said, you didn't like the the smell at one point. I mean, I remember when before I smoked weed ever, I didn't like the smell. I mean, a lot of people go through experience where they right. didn't like the smell. Uh, but it's an acquired taste after using, consuming over a, a period of time. Yeah, you start to like that smell and that flavor. And it's almost like as if your body starts becoming in tune with terpenes. Like there are times I where 
Um, I I just like from personal experience, I'll go a period where like I'll smoke nothing but uh, like flour, right? And then I'll I'll move to concentrates and only smoke concentrates for a week or two. Um, I'll go back to smoking flour, and it'll taste like the very first time I smoked ever. It will be like the most very weedy taste, yeah. right? But over time, smoking that same uh, eighth or, or how how much I have, like I notice immediately that I start to smell more of the terpenes and taste more of the terpenes after after a few days because it's like, it's almost like my tongue forgot. Like it's a, <laughs> a weird way of describing it um, when you switch between like different like consumption methods. And, you know, let me know if anyone else has ever experienced something like that. But I know that's something just for me, like, and I think, yeah, that's something that could be highlighted. But that's why I would say it's an acquired taste because you have to build yourself up to getting those terpenes. I think that also that just staying with the same flour and then switching the way you consume it mm. will actually change the flavor. Have you ever used one of the um, uh, the vaporizers? The, the herb vaporizers. The herb vaporizers. Vaporizers. Yeah, like a Pax. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never used a super cool high-end one. I've only used like a $100 one that does okay, right. that yeah. does decent. But that will like wake the flavors. Oh yeah. Up. Oh yeah. 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 Because you have to think about it temperature wise. Yeah. It's, it's at the same temperature that most terpenes are burning, which is like normally between like three seventy five to like four hundred and ten okay. degrees. That parallels into why people love hash rosin and uh, low temp dabs. Because yeah, the low temp dabs are are hitting the the terpenes right at their boiling point versus much higher than a boiling point. At that point, it's, it's tasting burnt. You mm. know, it's tasting kind of crisp. Like, and yeah, that's how you kind of like disparage the two. I think, I think that goes hand in hand because terpenes burn at a certain temperature. They don't burn the same temperature as like how the flour itself burns or gotcha. how the concentrate itself burns. Like, so having it at a lower temperature activates a lot more terpenes. You get to receive a lot more terpenes. And I think that, that culture of, of, low temperatures it it definitely makes like a huge difference whether it's dry herb whether you're you know taking a dab using a puff coat whatever yeah. it is like understanding how temperatures work when you're using your cannabis can completely elevate the way you consume like a hundred percent so i recommend it if you have not tried it valid point yeah do yeah you, do you dab janae I have a pen that I'll occasionally okay. hit. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't taken a dab in a long time, like legit one. Um, they were just a little too high for like they got me too stoned. Yeah. To be honest, like mm-hmm. I love a good J. I love a good yeah. dab pen. But other than that, that's like the two I stick between. Edibles have never really worked on me. <laughs> like, do I you mean, have a gallbladder? Probably. Have you ever had gallbladder remove surgery? No. Removal? Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Unless it just has disappeared in me. <laughs> yeah. then, then you have a gallbladder. Yeah. Yes. But no. But people who have had gallbladder surgery, interesting. They, yeah. It's something about whatever. Um, chemical that the gallbladder releases doesn't release and then the body yeah. can't break it down into right. the 11 hydroxy yep. and then you could eat like a thousand milligrams and, and it's like it, yeah like i feel like yeah. slightly toasted okay. like, but it never reaches like a peak right the, the which is interesting it, and i love the fact that we've covered so many different topics and we're talking about them and like one of the things for me personally is i have edibles um uh, concentrate and flour in the same strain I just so mm-hmm. happen to have them from, and it's from one company that I really enjoy. I said, I'm not to name brands here. Right. That's not what of we're here yeah. All right, I've got the <laughs> trifecta. And each one of those hit me differently. And when my back pain is at its worst, mm-hmm. edibles, 100% edibles. Yeah. And it leaves me clear-minded. 
Yeah. I'm not saying I'm going to go and, you know, take an IQ test on it or anything like that. But right. what I'm saying is like, it leaves me clear minded where it doesn't leave me stone to the bone and on the ground. Right. Right. So, but it, the different styles of consumption hit the body differently yeah, for, course, for yeah. everybody. Yeah. 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 It's because that, that absorption ratio is yeah. much different. Um, they talk about absorption ratios for ingesting cannabis and for inhaling cannabis. It's almost double the amount. So, you know, if you're ingesting c- cannabis, you're, you're receiving double the amount of THC molecules versus inhaling it. Okay. Um, and then you take those molecules that you've received, right? And then you combine them with the enzymes in your liver. And that's what creates the 11 hydroxy THC, which studies show could be 1.5 to seven times stronger than a THC molecule. Um, so <laughs> there's they, that purple dragon. Right. And so <laughs> if you just do a little bit of math there, you're now absorbing more TAC molecules, which are also being uh, metabolized at a, into a completely different substance that is stronger. So that's the reason why potency of edibles is so much different than inhaling cannabis, because you have uh, a double entendre of, of receiving more molecules and then these molecules being metabolized into something that is essentially stronger than the initial molecule itself. And so, yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> Again, a dangerous slope, as I mentioned. And that's yes. why when you yeah. mentioned don't take it, like, if you, it's been an hour, like, yeah. the, that window can yeah. be a long time. Like, it can yeah. hit in maybe 20, 30 minutes right. or up to two hours where you're at that peak. So I think that's super important to be mm-hmm. aware of because everyone's different. Everyone metabolizes different. And oh, I yeah. think that's really key to know. Mm-hmm. It, and, it is, and again, these seem like super simple, basic things. But for people who don't know and don't understand this, mm. like, nobody would take a Tylenol right now which gets digested into your stomach and through your intestines and expect it to work like that. No. But for some reason they take an edible and they think, Oh, I didn't feel something in five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, I guarantee you the Tylenol isn't working in in the five minutes. You got to give it some time. You know, I think it's funny because I think people just associate it with like the inhalation of cannabis and and how immediate immediate the effect is. (laughs) So people assume the edible effect will be just as immediate and, No, it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily work like that because there is a process where it has to be metabolized and actually processed through your liver before you actually receive those effects. So, isn't there something different around like ingesting, like ingesting it versus like drinking it? There's something like it gets into your yeah, bloodstream so quicker. I'm pretty correct. sure, right? Uh, there's like vessels under your tongue. Mm, That's mm. the reason why people the talk about yes, exactly sublingual tinctures. Uh, it just it they even have like sodas blood. that you can like yeah. drink and stuff too, which yeah. is different. It's going to affect you a little bit quicker, right? Right. Well, yeah, and I just think that's like from like a matter like standpoint. Like you're talking about like a solid being yeah. processed versus a liquid being processed. Of course, you're just probably more likely to have a faster effect from that. And now you know edibles are are. Uh, in, infused with nanotechnology they have like nano THC oh so <laughs> it, it's it's emulsified and and yeah that again increases the the uh the, the time in which you are having those effects but then also like the time in which they start too so like you they're just going to start like a lot faster so <laughs> yeah um most most brands have have that label now that you'll see like nano who almost. reads the packages that's exactly who reads the packages. Yes. I'm talking to one person right now. Yeah. So yeah, no, had yeah. somebody. Uh-oh. Yeah. We have to take a quick five minute break. Okay. Okay. We're moving on from the entourage, the entourage effects of cannabis and the different consumption mes- methods and dosing and all that. And we're moving into a different, uh, something that ties into it a little bit, or we're tying it all up into the educational series about responsible usage, learning the differences and mm-hmm. understanding. And I think that probably one of the, one of the, 
biggest takeaways is going to be that the person needs to be armed to just learn. Yep. And ask Correct. questions. Correct. And and open to receiving the information. I think that's the the big picture here is that we want to create impact, but one can only create impact to people who want to be impacted, if that makes sense. Amen. So you want to understand that if you want to learn more about cannabis, you want to be a part of this community, then there are certain things that you're going to have to take the time and take the effort and energy to understand and process. So uh, you have overall a good experience. I think it's hard initially in the beginning because you may be influenced by what you've been told previously. Mm -hmm. You may be influenced by what you've seen on an article or what you've read. And um, there are a lot of people who are going to spread uh, misinformation because they have a narrative or an agenda towards this the product United or States government. Yeah. <laughs> Through a product or substance. But I, I think one thing that is important is that if you are uh, serious about, you know, being a part of the cannabis community or even just trying cannabis for yourself and seeing where that benefits you is that, yeah, learning is going to definitely uh, help. It's going to, it's going to benefit, but you have to be open to receiving the information. There's a lot yeah. of misconceptions. Yeah. There's a hundred plus years of misinformation by our own government yep. based on lies, based on racism, mm -hmm. based on bullshit. So coming, overcoming that when it's something that's been propaganda fed mm -hmm. by a government into a more accepting place is going to be particularly challenging for the older community. Mm -hmm. yep. So there's, you know, you still have your, your elderly population that are still either conservative or grew up hippies. Right. They're still around. Yep. You know what I mean? We don't need to talk to those people that accept it and understand it. It's the ones who, who don't necessarily have the education, exactly. but do want to experiment with other things. Yeah. So, and again, one of the things that we discussed about kind of my fan base I am law enforcement heavy. I do, and I have mm -hmm. tons of law enforcement officers that text me, or not text me, but uh, email me talking about their departments and THC usage and this and that. So there is a growing curiosity, and this this plays into the educational series of it all mm -hmm. and explaining you know, the cultural differences and just the negative perceptions and all the different things that's been wrong and stigmatized about it. You know, and that's kind of where this, again, tying in all this education information goes to get goes hand in hand into teaching the community the rights and wrongs about it yep and and that's all we want to promote simply it's not um any ulterior motives right you know this is this is just something that we all do as advocates we all do as uh consumers we all do as uh educators we're all educators to some extent um, about this plant because we, we want people to understand, but having more precise, you know, more accurate information, more transparent information is, is what we want to promote. And uh, I think we're doing that here. And I think we will do more of that once we blossom Canna Ed into what it's going to be. It's very much in its infancy at this, at this point in time. Uh, we've done 10 episodes so far. We've taken a little bit of break because holiday season is, is right. crazy. We all know. Um, again, you know, this is something that we do on our own time. So we have our, our other jobs, our other lives, our things that we're doing. And, um, yeah, we're going to get back to it. And, and this is the first start of it, being able to unwrap some of that that you had seen and some of that that you had uh, watched on, you know, the video so far. Being able to unwrap that information and we're going to translate it now into, you know, uh, how that works in a retail setting and, and most importantly for Arizona normal, how you can become uh, an individual who's involved and someone who could be a part of this cannabis community on a real level and, and make uh, that impact and that change elsewhere. Like 
for for everyone. And so uh, that's the reason why Canada Ed its slogan, you know, education for for everyone, because it is really for everybody. People who use cannabis, people who don't use cannabis, people who like cannabis, people who don't like cannabis. It's for every single person. We want people to just be aware so that if it is something that you want, to experience you can if it's something that you don't want to experience at least you have the information now uh that's that's our idea so amen yeah and again none of us are paid right this is all advocacy that we do on our own and this is the super cool part about um where i'm stressing what arizona normal is doing with members of the community and canna educators such as yourself and trying to draw out the community and come together and, and grow together right yeah get stronger and and not be the stereotypical dude you know and all the stereotypes and to break that stigma yeah yeah and i i think that's always been like my goal is i've always hated the way that people look at people who use cannabis and just the secrecy behind it like i i've i think it's unfortunate you know that people who have used cannabis for so long haven't been able to express themselves freely um and just been able to you know show that this is not something that should be considered like other drugs that other hard drugs that are you know really uh, creating detrimental effects on the people's lives but yeah. this is something that actually helps people this is something that actually can uh, improve the quality of life for an individual and you know it, it, it's unfortunate that that's been skewed for so for so long right but we're doing the legwork now we're right. you know we're now being able to uh create like facilities and create organizations and create uh groups of people who are all like-minded and all understand, you know, the purpose behind it, which is, you know, being able to, to expand our community yeah. and, and just create the most positive environment, really. Like, that's what we want to do. And we'll, we'll wrap this up here in a second. And like, one of the things is that the healing nature that is cannabis, mm -hmm. the, it, I know it sounds hippie. It sounds cliche. It sounds whatever. But as as a someone who grew up in the military and law enforcement, very conservatively and all that, you know, emotions were not at the top of my list of things to talk about on a daily basis. Right. <laughs> and it wasn't until I went through traumatic events and then found cannabis that I was actually able to overcome some mental things and actually get in touch with my feelings and emotions and start to understand who and what I am and stuff like that. And again, when you use this medicine as medicine with intention and purpose, it has a completely different effect in your life than just sitting around and using it just for recreation. Correct. And it has, when you use it for intention and purpose, and again, we're not, we're not saying anything negative about those who use it for recreation. That's not the point here. It's to highlight the positive effects of the medicinal side and to educate the public about that. Right. And I've seen such a dramatic positive impact in my life through the use of a plant-based medicine. Yeah, I yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And again, just touching on your topic about recreational users. Yeah, this is not to, you know, uh, judge or put placement on anyone who's using uh, cannabis recreationally. If, if that's something that you do, that's awesome because a lot of people do. People who still use cannabis medicinally also can use it recreationally. Yeah. I think that's something that needs to be highlighted is that it's not one or the other. Sometimes it's just a combination of both, yep. you know. And so understanding that is, is really important. I mean, for me personally – Nick Gassman, this uh, social media journey that I've been on is initially started by just creating really good cannabis reviews. If you go on my Instagram now, you'll see a lot of cannabis reviews. That's where it's all started. But nice. understanding that 
there was a bigger purpose behind what I was doing, which was cannabis education and really, you know, putting that to the forefront is what has started, you know, what I do now. And so, yeah, I, I was a hundred percent about the recreational side of it and I'm still a hundred percent about Absolutely. it now. Like, and I just had to create a way to make that understanding plausible for everyone, you know, and not just one side of it. Yeah. You know, the, the reviews were great, but that's only hitting one part of this, of this, audience you know like the people who know about cannabis the people who want to see you know wow that's some really good weed and you know that's those are all the people that i love and that's those <laughs> people who i started with like, I love those people. and yeah absolutely and you'll you'll see you know on my my instagram and what i've done so far is a lot of that but what you also will see is where that education journey started at the very beginning with you know just a couple slides a couple images here and there little explanations about things like that and you know, kind of diving into it and then where it's progressed, which is which is now with Canada Ed and, you know, all other things um, that you'll see. So, yeah, I, I want to make it you know very clear for everyone who's just, you know, smoking the smoke. That's awesome. Absolutely. Keep, keep doing what you're doing. And, and I hope you're smoking something good. Right. You know, like that's that's what I'm about. So no more dirt weed. We're yeah, past no, you were done with that gas only. That's what it's about. <laughs> so um, that's my slogan. That's my tag. Everyone should know it. Gas only. Only the best. Is there anything else you want to add? Because I think that was a fabulous stopping point right there. Yeah, I, I think that was great, actually. Yeah.